You're listening to You've Been Hanged, hosted by Hank Griffin, writer, man of faith, Parkinson's warrior, traveling man, and storyteller. Wonderful stories, home cooking, thoughtful lessons, and candor about life with Parkinson's are his to share. Relax for the next several minutes with your friend, neighbor, and brother who loves you. Cold. So cold. Good heavens, I thought. Why is it so dang cold? Pellets of ice bounced off those already accumulated on the hood of the truck, grass, tree canopies, and oil top road. I felt the tire slip and let off the accelerator. That old Chevrolet was not a four-wheel drive. However, the four bales of hay in the bed added considerably to the weight over the back axle and mitigated the likelihood of slipping, so long as I drove slowly with care and thoughtfully. Easy, Hank. This is no night to wind up in a ditch, I thought. Though I'd earlier treated the glass against ice accumulation, and despite the defroster running on high, Keeping the accumulation at bay was proven a challenge. Once again, I pulled over, took out the plastic ice scraper, stepped out into the storm, and cleared the glass all around the truck to ensure visibility. What am I doing? I thought. This is stupid. My thoughts wandered back to the early afternoon. There'd been an unpleasant task. A man owed the company that employed me money, a lot of money. I'd been aside to go and collect. While able enough, it wasn't the kind of work I enjoyed, not the kind of thing one's proud to talk about. The glass, again clear of ice, I stomped the accumulated yuck off my boots, climbed back into the cab of the pickup, and eased on down the road. When I'd arrived to that unpleasant meeting, I observed a dog apparently chained to the tongue of the trailer house. Why, I wondered, is she standing in the falling ice? The trailer had no underskirting. There didn't appear to be any sort of doghouse for the dog to retreat into. She just stood there, right under the tongue, exposed to the elements. Weird that she doesn't at least take what cover she can under the trailer, rather than standing there under the tongue without any kind of cover, I thought. Walking towards the steps to the front door, I saw that the dog was chained to the steel tongue of the trailer with a short chain, not more than three feet. She literally couldn't escape the elements. As I walked by her, she watched me, and I saw intelligence in those deep brown eyes. Seeing me look, she raised her lips, giving me a good view of her needle-like teeth. No unnecessary or superfluous show, just a peek to ensure there was no misunderstanding. Smiling, I turned from her, stepped on the sagging ice-coated wood steps up to the door. There, I knocked. Inside, the television shut off. I heard an adult male voice making shushing noises. My visit was not a surprise. I'd been careful to make arrangements beforehand. My presence was expected. My purpose understood. I knocked again. More shushing sounds from inside, this time with little steps. No one came to the door. Appreciate it if you come on outside. Awful cold out here, I called. Moments of silence. A muffled curse from inside, then... Finally, adult footsteps approaching the door. I backed off the steps to wait clear of the door swing. The man opened the front door to peer out, unkempt, dirty. He stared at the ground past me. When finally he looked up, his gaze took me in briefly, then returned to the ground. He began 
talking, trying to explain. I wasn't there for explanations. I was there for a single purpose, to collect. The dog cried out, then barked and growled. From the corner of my eye was movement, children, little ones. I didn't turn my attention away, but heard laughter along with more growling. Sir, I said, no need to explain. I'm not here to judge you or give you a hard time. All I need from you is the money we've already talked about. A flush crossed his face, which reddened deeply behind his beard. I knew he wanted to back out of the agreement. I'd seen it before. I know this is uncomfortable. No doubt we'd both rather be doing just about anything, I said. I'm here, as we agreed. Why don't you go ahead and pay me, so I can leave you to your business and get back to my own? He hemmed. I don't guess you'd take a check, he said. It wasn't a question. He knew a check wasn't an option. He was just hoping for who knows what. Best if we stick carefully to the agreement, I said. He sighed, a deep sigh. (sighs) Yeah, he said, then repeated, yeah. Again, I heard the dog cry out, then growl and bark. The children laughed a weird, shrill, high laugh. Eventually, cash was produced, counted out, recounted, folded, and put it away. The man closed the door. I turned and headed for the truck. The dog, straining against her short chain, shivered in the cold. Two pitiful children, a boy and a girl, inadequately dressed for the weather, took turns poking the animal with sticks. She barked, cried out, and growled as they poked and laughed. The dog, chained as she was, could not escape the cold, the ice, or the wet. I looked but saw no blanket, no way to warm herself at all, no food dish. The only water was ice and dirty. She could neither escape nor punish the children tormenting her. A blue healer, I thought. Light blue fur, occasionally spotted with darker blue, underfed. I hated to see the state of her circumstances. Driving away, I thought nothing of the man, but couldn't put away thoughts of the animal. All through the afternoon and evening, I continued thinking of her. I couldn't put the hell of her life out of my mind. Now it was 2 a.m., and I was again approaching the trailer. Some ways down the road, I stopped, parked, cut the lights, took a blanket I'd packed for my purpose, and walked the remainder of the way, trying hard to be careful not to slip or be found out. Surely she won't still be chained in this awful weather, I thought. I thought it. I hoped it. I did not believe it. The wind blew and ice pellets beat upon me. The cold cut. So cold, I thought. Shivering, I tried to retreat further into my jacket. There she was, still chained, still exposed, shaking visibly. The trailer's tongue, the chain that secured her, and even the dog were all coated in ice. To my surprise and relief, she did not bark. For all I know, she couldn't. Just too cold. Fumbling in the freezing, icy dark, my shaking fingers eventually managed to free the little blue-haired dog from her chain. Gathering her in my arms, she bit me. Not a bad bite, no blood, but purposeful, as though to set boundaries and make clear she wasn't to be trifled with. I respected that, smiled and said, I think we're going to be good friends. With the blanket I'd brought, I wrapped her in a way that both allowed her to warm and also protected me from further toothy assault. She couldn't have been more than about 15 pounds and young, not a pup, but young. In the truck, I sat her in the seat on the passenger side. I'd appreciate it if you'd let me drive without having to worry about you going for my throat, I said, trying to keep my voice soft and light. 
The little healer wrapped in the blanket did not take her eyes from me, but seemed content to sit more or less peaceably, so long, that is, as I didn't get too close. From time to time, if she deemed I'd cross some invisible boundary, the too-thin dog growled softly, barring her mouthful of startlingly white and sharp teeth. It was with real relief that my home eventually appeared in the distance. Finally there, gently, patiently, and using the blanket to hopefully keep from getting bit again, I removed the dog from my truck. In the warm house, I placed her in a kennel prepared for the purpose. A few minutes later, she enjoyed a bowl of dog food made with warm gravy, along with ample and clean drinking water. A day or two of uncertainty eventually gave way to tentative liking. Before long, the little dog Prissy was her name decided she liked life on the farm pretty well. Within another week, she became a little blue shadow. Wherever I was, she wanted to be right there with me. I found I was equally happy with that arrangement. I'm not proud of the idea of having stolen someone's dog. Neither could I stand the idea of her living in those conditions. In the end, I suppose I've learned to live with my choice. If I had it to do over, I'd do it over again. Prissy proved to be among the very best friends I've ever had. She wasn't just a dog. Not just one in a million, even. No, that little blue-haired girl was something more, much more. One in five million, ten million? I don't know. I know this, though. She was more than merely exceptional. Prissy was a wonder dog. Much love, Hank. You've been hanked. Thanks for listening to You've Been Hanked. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll subscribe. If you'd like to support my work financially, by all means, please subscribe with a paid subscription. Now, I'm not begging you to. I think that's unseemly. I'm not even asking you to. I'm just glad that you're here. Thanks so much for being here, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to You've Been Hanked. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. It's easy and really makes a difference. Please help Hank help others by increasing the reach of You've Been Hanked.